the weight had been lifted. I was back home. I felt like I had gone home again, right? And uh, having the diagnosis just really, really helped. And I realized at that point that I needed to focus the work that I was doing on a, on people like me with ADHD. You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Welcome back. I'm Sarah Box, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, where we are on a mission to help individuals, teams, and organizations think outside the box, move beyond limiting beliefs and labels, and create a profound impact in their own lives and the world around them. And today, we are super excited to, in, to introduce our guest, Shell Mendelssohn. Now, Shell and I have been chatting before I hit record, um, so I've gotten a little bit better sense about her, and I'm even more excited to be sharing her with you. But let me give you a little bit of background. She has over 35 years of experience and a master's degree in counseling. She has dedicated herself to helping ADHD adults and young children discover fulfilling and sustainable career directions. Her journey, though, is a story of self-discovery, and she's faced her own career challenges and realized that her strengths extended far beyond a typical secretary role, which is where she started back in the day, as we say. Thank you, Brad. So over three decades ago, she founded, she found her true calling and has been passionate about it ever since. And that in and of itself is quite an accomplishment because many of us don't ever feel like we find our calling. Today, though, Shell works exclusively with ADHD adults and young adults seeking career direction and choosing the right path, which can lead to a joyful and purposeful life. And she's actually got a new book coming out that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the podcast. It's in final edits right now, but that's very exciting because it provides even more help to folks out in the world, either curious about this for themselves or for those they know and love. So with that, let's formally welcome Shell Mendelson to the podcast. Hi, Shell. Hi, Sarah. Great to be here. And thank you for the introduction. It was beautiful. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I've read a little bit about this, but let's assume people on our podcast have not yet met you, although I'm betting some probably have. But tell us a little bit about your own journey with ADHD and how you came to find your real life career. Oh, my gosh. How many hours do we have here? Okay, I'll try and keep it brief. So just don't freak out. Okay. Now I'll pay attention. It, yeah, I I uh, went undiagnosed through the majority of my most of my career actually, um, but I was doing work that I loved. So without going all the way back to like when I got my masters and voc rehab, trained by with Richard Bowles in What Colors Your Parachute, and uh, I started my own my own business uh, five years after my grad graduate degree. Uh, after I worked for a couple of companies. But it wasn't until I had been working in the field for quite a while and I 
woke up one morning, which often many of us with ADHD do, we wake up with ideas. We wake up with uh, this, I call it the download of inspiration and creativity. And the whole, the name Kids Art came to my head. The idea for doing some kind of work where uh, program for children to learn creative, how to be creative and to draw. And uh, I had a friend who was doing this work and we got together and I just, I said, I don't know, it, it took me off my path for quite a while, for several years, actually. And I started literally a franchise system called Kids Art, an international children's art franchise. It was in 39 states. And uh, at the time I left, 16 countries. And it was very, it was fairly successful and it was quite the ride. And I was the only per neuro uh, diverse person, neurodivergent person in the group. I didn't know at the time. I always, knew, I always knew I was different. I always knew that it was very hard for me to sort of align with where everybody else was that I was working with, including the person that I had known my whole life, who was my business partner. And the other partners, we just, they were, I would always say, how do you get, how do you do what you do? Like, I could never figure it out. And yet I was the one who could see creatively from that 360 degree perspective, what needed to be done. I could kind of see into the future. I was one with the ideas, right? Uh, but th those ideas didn't always align with people, you know, who are very neurotypical and so, and really step, you know, it has to be organized in a certain way and it has to be done in a certain way. And that was never who I was ever. Uh, so after a few years, what I realized was I loved doing the putting together of the business, the company. It was it was what we love to do as creatives, right? We love to uh put the concept together pull the people together create the whole dynamic right and then when we got the franchise system finally running after many ups and downs and mistakes and challenges and heartaches and you name it all it was all there uh i i didn't really notice it at the time it kind of crept up on me but i was miserable i became miserable i wasn't having fun i didn't enjoy the work i was doing I didn't enjoy the people I was working with. Nothing of it was aligning with who I am and what I love doing, which is what I always taught other people to do when I had gotten off track because I had gotten so inspired by, by building this thing. But if somebody had said, look, the creator of the franchise or the business should not be the one who runs it to start out, uh, things would have looked a lot differently and I would have created my plan B, which I did not have. So things did not end well, although I was, I'm profoundly uh, happy with the business, with what, you know, with all the, the children and even adults that we've made a difference with um, all over the world, literally. I mean, it, it's impact. I just had a, a class yesterday with a woman who said her 21-year-old daughter took a class when she was a child, and she just realized that I was the one who founded the <laughs> I'm doing this, you know, this class with her. So, yeah, I mean, it's still out there. It's now being run by one of our original franchisees who's fabulous, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, but I was miserable, and things did not, like I said, things did not go well. 
Um, it I don't want to say how badly it ended, but let's face it, it wasn't good when you put that much time and energy into something that's your baby and all of a sudden it breaks down that way. And But, you know, I had two sets of feelings. One of them was a feeling of relief and the other one was a feeling of anger. But the feeling of relief was pretty overpowering. And I realized, oh, my gosh, uh, when I started getting angry, I was also sad. And, you know, I had the range of emotions that grief will take you into. But I, I realized that there was something off that I needed to look at. Two years earlier, I had had a friend who sent me a book on ADHD. She was a therapist, by the way. And I promptly put the book in the drawer, closed the drawer, and didn't look at it until I went directly to it when I was literally went crawling to that book after the whole thing with kids art ended. And I put my hands on that book and I started reading it for the first time. I don't know why divine inspiration, you want to call it. Uh, it's just something just led me to going to that book. And when I read it, and of course that's the epiphany I had that I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. This is a thing. Whatever's going on with me is something that is real. And she had sent it to me because she had a son who was ADHD. And she knew very well what what the characteristics were. And she knew that I was ADHD, but we never actually talked about it. She just sent me the book, right? <laughs> so, so, I, so that book... You went to the book when it was the right time for you to see the book. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't ready to look at it before everything blew up. And so I what? Had, I, but what are some yeah. of the misconceptions then? Because if you weren't ready, there must have been a part of you that went interesting, but eh, not ready, right? But I was so busy ours, at the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was, uh, like I said, undiagnosed and even unaware that ADHD existed for adults, that it was even a thing. And uh, I thought it was for kid, you know, the thing kids had. I knew so little about it at the time, and I still, th I think at that time there still wasn't that much information. It wasn't like a common uh, kind of uh, diagnosis that you hear people talk about now. That especially for adults, right? There was there wasn't any information really out there that was prevalent for adults. But this book existed. It was either Hallowell or Amon, Amos, Amon, Dr. Amon or Hallowell, one of the two. Uh, he wrote Driven to Distraction, I think. I, I'm not sure the name of the book. It was just by one of them, right? Okay. So I, I read through it, and I start, I think it had a checklist, and I was over the top on the checklist. And I just had the epiphany, and I went and got the diagnosis, and that changed my life right then and there. It's also when I decided I was, you know, I went back, I was going to go back to doing what I loved. And when I did, it was a breath of fresh air. The weight had been lifted. I was back home. I felt like I had gone home again, right? And uh, having the diagnosis just really, really helped. And I realized at that point that I needed to focus the work that I was doing on a, on people like me with ADHD because Having gone through what I went through, I, I realized that I don't want other people to have to go through, and, and, I, can, and I can relate to what they're going through, because I've been there, yep. all the way down. 
Uh, and it, it can have devastating, a devastating impact if, if you don't have some way of navigating it and managing it. Hey there, everybody. I want to take just a minute out of this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast to tell you that we are officially opening the Sandbox membership in September. So if you're not already on our mailing list, please click the link below to either sign up for the membership or get on the waiting list for the membership. And if you click the link, you'll find more information about what's included, what our plans are, and better yet, you'll be on early enough to help decide what is most important to you to experience in the first three to six months of the membership. So don't wait. Click the link below and join us in the sandbox where fun happens. We get to do a little R&R, little learning, support one another, and really grow and expand in ourselves, in our lives, and impact the world in a profound way. So come on over, join us. So let's I talk a even... little bit about that. Um, you mentioned that ADHD adult brains are interest-based. So yes. how does that unique type of wiring influence the approach to work? Um, and what are some of the ways of leveraging that trait when it comes to career? Oh, wow. Great question. I love that question. Um, yeah, well, everything, it's, it's literally the question, it's literally the, uh, the theme of the work I do, which is that our brains are interest-based. Therefore, does it make sense to do anything that we're not interested in, in attracted to, energized by, uh, where our dopamine is, uh, follow your dopamine. One of, one of the people I'm working with now, uh, uses that term, follow your dopamine to do the things that you really want to be doing because those of you, you listening with ADHD, you know darn well that when you're, when you are doing that, when you're in the zone, loving what you're doing, loving it, that you're doing a great job at it, that you're hyper, you know, often hyper focused. Good, that could be good or bad if it takes up your family time. Maybe not so good, but good if it's something, you know, a way that you're using to figure out what you want to do. You start to notice what attracts you the most because it's very much of a feelings process. We talked about feelings earlier. It's a feelings process. So you've got to really be aware of what you're feeling at any given time as you're going through it. And the whole process that I use, which originated with Richard Bowles, and I tweak for people with ADHD, um, is, is just that. It's about working, doing the work that interests you the most. It's all interest-based. It's not uh, what other people think you ought to be doing. It's not, um, it has nothing to do with outside influences. In fact, it's sort of helping to eliminate those outside influences so that you can actually figure out who you are and what you want. It's answering the question, what is it that I want? What do I want to do? Not what does, what is the employer looking for? And can I match that? It's never, ever going to be that once you do this work. It's never going to be that. And the work is not, should be done by everyone. That's my true and honest belief. After 35 years, I wish the whole world were, excuse me, the whole world were required to do this work before they make these big decisions about the kind of work they're going to be doing. 
And at least if you if you haven't done it and you're doing something you're not happy with, know that it's not you. It's it's not you personally. You're just in the wrong job or the wrong career. And very often when I say that, people, it's like a weight gets lifted, you know. Really? There's nothing wrong with me? No, you're just in the wrong job, and you, and that's the work that needs to get done, is figuring that out, what it is that you want. Yeah, um, that so, whole square peg, round hole thing. Sometimes we keep yes. us to be different, but we're we're not where it's best. We're best suited, and we can't contribute our best either. Exactly. We can't. We can't. When we, when we are not really... I, I want to use the word gung-ho, but yeah, gung-ho about what we're doing. Like there has to be some real attraction there uh, that that's going to move us to want to learn and grow and expand in whatever we're doing. And it may start out one way and it's going to move because our brains, everything is nuanced. It's not like a linear path. Not with us. Never going to be linear. It's going to be going in this direction and that direction. But there has to be a foundation of some kind. So part of the work is laying that foundation so that it makes it easier to grow. It's like, you know, you can't build a house without foundation, but you can make the house look very different. Each house can look very different and have different number of rooms, different. I'm using it. I don't know. That's just a, a metaphor. That, <laughs> that metaphor works for me because I think in similar ways, like what is the foundation so yeah. whether I'm working with an organization or a person and they're, they've got a challenge, it's like, let's go back to your foundation. Let's see if there's something yes. structurally or either implicitly or explicitly, something's off. Like maybe the foundation's here and you think your plumbing's there, but there's no space for plumbing there. It's just pure concrete. There was no room for that. So I yeah. think it is good to go and have a metaphor number one because it helps people. I, that's my that's my, my brain works in metaphors. That's what it. Everything's I metaphors that way. <laughs> I create so many metaphors for for my clientele. I mean, yeah. and the book has a ton of a minute too, which we, we'll talk about. <laughs> but so let's let's continue on this a minute. I want to ask you a little bit about the like you say if everybody would do this work, and I don't disagree with you because I think there is this, and especially now that we're super connected. You can mm -hmm. make the assumption that because Shell does this, Sarah does that, so-and-so else over here does it this way, I should, blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. what is, for all of us, what is the one or two first steps of your world wish, wave the magic wand work? What would you have us do first? Well... Let me just say that the work is, uh, it takes different aspect elements of what makes up. So it breaks it down. It's got to okay. be broken down. And the first thing we look at are what are the skills that you enjoy using the most? And there's a whole process for identifying what those are, which is really a creative, fun process. And it's not just pick a skill. And it doesn't mean a skill that you have to, it's what your, what are your natural skills, transferable skills, right? Anything that's transferable is a verb, is something that you don't necessarily have to take a class for, but it's something you're you're natural at, and traits as well, your personality traits. Uh, so we take a look at, at that, and we go into a deep dive on that. And then we go into, then we talk about people and do the same 
not the same, but we do a lot of deep dive work in that. What are the characteristics of, of the people you want to be surrounded by? It's like it's kind of like when you realize that nothing's working and you're looking around at who you're working with. And uh, if you're working for a corporation, for example, and all of a sudden somebody gets fired or somebody moves on or moves into a different position and that was a person that you really connected with, and now they're replaced by somebody you can't even begin to align with and connect with, that for a person with ADHD, that can throw you completely off. And management style, management styles of uh, supervisors and managers can make a big difference. And when you're working again, you don't have control over that, working in a corporation or working for someone else. But so the most you can do is understand, having an understanding of the kinds of people or the characteristics of those people. It, it just gives you that information, so it makes it understandable why it's not working out. And, and conversely, maybe, does it make it understandable for like the people who you flourish around? Well, that's what you're. That's the whole point of it okay. is to find the people that you will flourish around. But if you're working in that situation now, as you're going through this process, then it starts to become clearer and clearer why it's not working, and and it takes the burden of this is all you know what's wrong with me. Like, you don't ask that question anymore because, again, it's not about you. It's just the wrong situation. That's why very a lot of people with ADHD do their own thing. They, they start companies. They start their own businesses. They work independently like I do. That's what I do. And I've done that most pretty much most of my career. Uh, after I laid the foundation by working with two companies, and that was part of my foundation, was to learn, get the ropes, learn the ropes, and learn how to navigate certain things and have uh, other peers that I was working with. Then I just got to where, no, I don't want to, my next step is to do my own thing and to have my own office, my set up things the way I want it to be set up. Uh, and I, at the time, I was still undiagnosed, but I just knew that about me. So I was lucky. I was very lucky that I, I always followed my gut that way. Never look back. Never once look back. Uh, can't imagine working for somebody. But, you know, a lot of people are not. That's not what this process is about because there are plenty of people who do want to still work for other people for a while. Uh, however, what I say to them is, look, it may take 10 years. It may take five years. But at some point, you're going to want to get away from working for other people. There's with ADHD. It's almost, and it's pretty much inevitable that at some point there's going to be that uh, tipping point where it's just not working out anymore. And now it's time to, to create something on your own. I think it happens, you know, for almost everyone that I, I work with. So let me uh, ask a question specific to that. So I'm, I'm envisioning, say we're starting to work out and you tell me that, um, just know at some point in the future, you're likely to reach this crossroads. Do you suggest for someone that concurrent to understanding who they are and what they're doing in their current environment to start something on the side or to play around with things on the side to see what fits? Or do you just say they focused on the one? They focused on figuring out, number one, what it is that's important to you in your work life. Say so focus on being able to answer the question, what do I want? 
And that means breaking it down and answering those questions step by step by step, figuring it out, the working conditions. And we talked a little bit about this in the beginning about uh, the working conditions and um, that are so important and tell whether or not you should tell your boss or disclose your ADHD to your boss kind of thing. And I tell people, start out with self, I call it self-accommodation, creating a self-accommodation plan. And in, in the process that I use with people, we break it down so much that it may, they may not be able to get 100% of it. Even if you work on your own, you may not be able to get 100% of it, but you know what it is and you know what you're moving toward. And you know the, what's prior, what the priority elements are that you need to be uh, discussing with your employer because they're so important that if, if there isn't some way that you can adjust things so that you can work uh, within those conditions um, or have those conditions uh, set up for you, then it, it's not going to work out in the end. You're, gonna, you're still going to be struggling. Once you know, you know. It's hard to unknow. <laughs> it's hard to unknow. So, but I'm, I really want to do a little more specificity because it's so easy for people. And I think about this when I interview people and listen to people talk. I may be speaking to someone else who will use the same language that you do, the same words. So for right now, describe or define self-accommodation and what a couple of examples of that might look like, whether it's in the workplace if you're your own boss, and I would imagine it's even transferable to like if you're out in the world and in a social environment and you're thinking, okay, I can accommodate to make this better for me. So what do you mean? Just define it and give some examples, would you? Yeah. Well, self-accommodation, if you take it as in its whole, it's like the whole enchilada, the, the, the skill, the, what skills you want to use, the, the kind of work environment you want to be in. So there's two parts of it. One is the what I call the physical aspect, and the other one is non-physical. So the physical would include things like literally the desk size. I mean, it gets we get down to basics. Like, do you need paper clips? Do they need to be colored? Do you what kind of pens do you need? What kind of uh, equipment do you need? Uh, laptop, desktop. What kind of phone do you need? What brand do you need? Uh, what 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 are the elements on the phone that are important? What kind of apps are you going to be using um, for in your work or or whatever that are going to be helpful to you? Uh, what so what are some other the the color of the walls, the lighting, the sounds, your surroundings? Uh, do you need a do you need to be in an office? And if you need to be in an office, you need to say I need a private office where I can close the door. And maybe once in a while, open the door to the outside, but I like privacy for the most point uh, part. And then at some point, I may want to work in, in like a conference room, or I may want to go out and do a project at a coffee house. I may I need some flexibility here, right? Uh, what does that flexibility look like? You define it. So yes, we want it. We want to uh, take a look at what kind of lighting we need. What kind of Colors do we need to be surrounded by? Uh, like, how is the air condition? Is there air conditioning? Not air conditioning? I mean, all of those things, fluorescent lights versus what are the other kinds of lights that there are? Incandescent. But right? they're all LED now. <laughs> LED, whatever, but just not fluorescent. Anyway. 
Yeah, and uh, so that those are the physical things like how you move around, even uh, how far your commute is, what your surroundings are, in the like if you're working in an office of some kind, what kind of uh, shops are around, what kind of rest are there restaurants around? Is that important to you? What is your commute like? How far do you have to drive? Is it do you like riding a bicycle? You know, all of these things really are things that really are important and need to be addressed in detail. Okay, so we, we really get down with that. The non-physical are things like what is the culture, the company culture, right? Uh, you know, is it is it conservative versus a little bit more progressive, right? In other words, is it very strict, conservative, like a dress code, or is it more relaxed? Is there more open, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of where people get together and um, collaborating kind of, yeah, collaboration kind of situation? Uh, is there an HR that listens to you or is it strictly corporate based? Like they're there, you know, they are there for the company, but do they actually try and help and do they listen to you? Uh, all the, the, those elements that aren't necessarily physical, but they still in, impact you on a daily basis, uh, like flexibility, does it allow for you to get up and move around? Are you allowed to have pictures of your family where you, <laughs> of course, that would go back to the physical, but I think you understand. Uh, I mean, the culture of the company would pretty much dictate that as well. Yep. Um, so. Uh, the kinds of people, like, again, you would look at the characteristics of the people, and that would be kind of incorporated into it as well. Um, what else? There's so many different elements. You I start it'll be in your book. I mean, you know, yes. so I, I don't think we have to get down into the nitty-gritty, but I do think what's helpful in what you just said was understanding there's a couple of different realms that you want to be clear on. And I would think even no matter where you are in your journey. Maybe you're already working somewhere and you've just had this aha because you've listened to Shell and you're thinking, oh, I think I should dig into this and look more deeply because maybe this is exactly why I'm having some trouble right now or feeling disconnected. Yeah. Um, the other piece is I don't think those are bad things to do before you make a big career decision, period. Um, because exactly. understanding you're basically saying I'm going to come and live in someone else's house. Yep. And you, so, I mean, it's like you, it, you do want to come in. It's not only just about you, it's about them. I mean, it's good to show up and know who you are. You don't have to say, here's my checklist of what I require. But yeah. always yeah. when I interviewed people, it said, you know, there is a question phrased differently from time to time, but that's what I'm after. Like trying to figure out fit, right? How do you see yourself working here? You know, how can we mm -hmm. best support you? If you don't know yeah. that and you have never thought about it, You'll yeah. come up with some kind of off-the-cuff answer, and then six months, maybe two years later, you're thinking, oh, "I didn't answer. I didn't even consider all this, right?" And can you, and as in, like, imagine you're the employer and you're hearing the person with mostly people with off-the-cuff answers to things like that. Mostly people who are there to get a job, right? Because they tick the boxes, and in walks somebody who's done this work, who's very clear and can say and can ask questions. Now they have questions they can ask. They can see how they're getting responded to. 
they're coming in with confidence saying, I know what I want. This is what I need in order to, to serve you, the employee, you know, yep. give the best that I can, I can possibly be. When I have these kinds of things available to me, you're going to get the best employee ever, however you want to put it. But it's, a, it's always got to be kind of phrased as a win-win situation. But that person compared to the person who might tick all the boxes, but is still coming in going, gee, I'm not, you know, they aren't clear about all that. And it's very obvious that they haven't given that those things consideration. Big difference. Well, self-awareness right. is a yes. huge asset to have. And I don't, I yeah. don't know that it's, we encourage it as much like in a business setting, but self-awareness is huge to because a it lets it you own what you. It isn't discouraged. <laughs> well, there are some more I mean, discouraged than encouraged. Will do it. They'll say we are yeah. trying to understand ourselves as an organization, as individuals, yeah. and collectively, and how do we show up as this? So I think what you're suggesting is super important. And in addition, with the diagnosis of ADHD, is a lifeline, or could be a lifeline. It's a lifeline for people with ADHD having that clarity. It could mean the difference uh, between really thriving what you're doing and burning out fairly quickly or over or it's a slow burn kind of burnout. But, yeah, for employers, though, it's important for them to understand that rather than look for a diagnosis, look for what people need uh, in terms of their work environment and to listen to that and to find ways to. I mean, I'll give you an example. For me, after I was, uh, after I got my credential and my internship, my first internship was with a company, and I was trained as a vocational rehabilitation counselor. I'm sure you know what that is. <laughs> and yes. I was in the workers' comp system in California, so that was way back when, when folk rehab counselors were actually mandated at that time. Um, and they hired me immediately because I went from being a fired secretary, uh, miserable to somebody who is now thriving and loving what I was doing. And they, I didn't even have to ask them for accommodation. I just said, no, I'm not going to do this. No, yes, I'll do this, but I, I'm going to get my work done and do it. I mean, they knew I was doing a great job for them. So they tried to accommodate me without me even asking. I just said yes and no to things. That was basically how I handled it. Oh, uh, boundaries, no, I'm not going to brand. What was that? Boundaries. But it was not just that. It was more uh, like it was a company. I worked for a corporation in the beginning. And I'm sure you're familiar with this because you work for companies. But they want you to fill out some form that has nothing to do with your work that just tracks. It's a tracking kind of form. Yes. It has nothing to do with the work you're doing. But for a person with ADHD like me, who doesn't like doing any kind of forms, let alone irrelevant ones that are not relevant to my work, I, I never did them. I just never did them. And I had a manager. She would, she came into my office. I'll never forget this. And she says, uh, you're not doing these, uh, you know, I mean, she was kind of reluctant because she knew I was making them money, right? <laughs> So she timidly walked in and I said, I'm not, you know, I, oh, yeah. well, uh, and I never had to do them. Never. So when I say boundaries, it's like you, are, but you're clear about, it's not like you're being just yeah. defiant. It's like, 
It doesn't lead to anything good for the company. It's a waste. Like when you say the word relevant, yeah, flagship word, right? It's like, is it relevant and is it? Yeah. Useful? So let's yeah, get back it wasn't. Track. It was neither. Had no <laughs> use. Not doing Except it. Maybe for them to get for some statistical thing. I don't know. But that wasn't, you know, as far as I was concerned, it was taking my time and it made yeah. me miserable and it would have taken me away from working with my clients and doing the thing. And I just said, no, I'm not doing it. So so let's switch. I want to talk about your book, which would be so helpful. So I don't know. Hold it up. Perfect. And say the let's title. Say yeah. Yes. There we go. Can you see it? I can see it. Why don't you say the title? Adult and teens unlock your career path and i'll go a little bit higher here and say can you see that nope but you can okay so it's a step-by-step it's navigate your next career move step-by-step inspired by richard n bowles author of what color is your parachute so i give i give my mentor cred here he deserves it he's he is no longer with us. He died in 2017, but he is, uh, I give him full credit for inspiring me to move into doing this kind of work, which is very, look, the look and feel of it is nothing like his, but so we are very different. The whole thing is different, very different, but the process is basically at its core the same. The process is at its core the same. So I buy this book, and you're going to take me from A to Z on working through the foundation, the aspects that I need to know to get clear so that I can make good choices and end up and create the yes. career path that is best for me. It's a course book that you can actually write in. So I don't call it a workbook because a workbook is like an adjunct to a, a big, bigger book. This is a book, a course book in and of itself. Okay. And it and it follows the course that I do almost pr- exactly with the well pretty much exactly with the people that uh, in the master class that I do, where I have six people that I work with called the Your Next Career Move Master Class, and uh, I've been doing that for three years, and that's what inspired me to to finally do the book. I don't know what happened. It was one of those downloads like it's time you got it. You can't. This is legacy time. I'm boomer age, right? So I'm ready. I got to leave something and I can't serve everybody. And yet I want something that's going to reach out. I mean, I can't through marketing or whatever, social media. You're never going to reach the people you need to reach, all of them. So if I have something that I that I know is solid that people can get their hands on, and even if they can't like take my class, uh, not everybody's going to be able to do that. They can grab the book and they can work with other people. And I always say it's something you need to do with other people to keep yourself accountable because you can work through the steps and you can actually get what you need to make that defined decision, that really clear decision going forward. And I put it in, I put it in book form uh, and I'm going to, uh, so many things are hopefully going to happen after that, like uh, an online kind of group thing that I can do with people. So many things, so many things. Yeah. But I, I'm seeing it as uh, a resource for uh, parents, for teachers, for uh, students, of course, for organizations, for businesses. 
because I've had businesses, corporations send their their people to me because they want to help them make a lateral move of some kind or define what they want to do within the company. And that's worked out really well, too. Uh, so, so it's the use is hopefully will be, you know, insurmountable. Is that the word? I don't It'll do. But I also think you once it's out in the world, you may uncover other uses for it that just aren't come on top of mind yet because here's where you're standing. And then that's yeah. going to shift what's happening. And then you'll go, oh, and I never thought. Oh, this also way. this group and that group. Yeah. yeah. So I that's mean, awesome. State Department, employment, unemployment department. I wrote in the book, it has a list of all the ones that I could come up with at the top of my head. But you're absolutely right. Things, you know, I, I, I'm sure there'll be another edition because this is the first one and it's not perfect. You know, nothing's going to be perfect. Uh, it's as perfect as I could get it at the time. You know, I, for now, it's for now. It's, I think it's pretty amazing. But the second edition will have even more. It'll be an up level of that. Yeah. And I want it in all the languages too. <laughs> well, see. So you've already got a vision for where this can go. I do. Very I cool. really do. So let yeah. me ask you this as we're wrapping up here. What is one word of wisdom that you would give to someone who's listening to you now who's just uncertain? You know, what's a word of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? One word. Okay, you can have a few words, but can I put can one I, thought? Okay, in the words of Lynn. Jitahi, who's my new instructor, follow your dopamine. <laughs> I like it. It's very specific. I like it because it, it talks about like the neurotransmitters, it's concrete. And you can tell whether yeah. you're feeling your cortisol or your dopamine. They're very different feelings in your body. So Exactly. Exactly. Like very, yeah. very good. Shell, I Thank have you. loved having you on the show. Thank you. And I wish you all the best with your book. And I would love if you would let us know when it's actually for sale so we can let others know. And mm -hmm. for all we know, by the time this podcast comes out, it will be for sale and we can put the hyperlink in there like go here now. Yeah, if it's, it's in, it's in pre-sale. So I am hoping people at least, you know, you can get it now in pre-sale. And if you the, uh, there's a portion that's going to be a pullout, which is the actual mat roadmap that you create. And it's uh, the, like the book is eight and a half by 11. The pullout is eight and a half by 17. Fine. So it's got a perforated uh, edge to it. So you can pull it right out and use it separately. Um, and that you can get now. I mean, that's available now. Uh, so there's, uh, my launch team is seeing little snippets of it so people can join the launch team and get snippets and I'm, I've got a wonderful uh, virtual assistant who's really helping me uh, with my organization of the whole thing but it's I'm looking forward to launching yeah, uh, probably beginning first week in January somewhere in there first second week so what Maybe we'll do earlier. listeners is I'm going to get yeah. the hyperlinks from Shell and her awesome VA will make sure we've got the hyperlink to the pre-sale in case mm -hmm. it's still in pre-sale to the book page. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. will, those will be in there and then you can get directly there or, you know, the old famous Google shell Mendelssohn and her book. And we'll have all of that in the show notes. So go to the show notes. So 
I want to thank the audience for being here. This ADHD topic has come up a few times in the podcast. I'm super curious about it because I watch um, myself and others as we navigate life. And the more research and science that is out there, it makes things more understandable when we can understand the context and how we're showing up in it. Um, so that's why I was excited to talk with Shell today. And we hope that you will all come back next week for another episode. In the meantime, share this episode with someone who you know would love it. Just like Shell got that book on ADHD two years before she needed it, share this episode with someone who you think, hmm, could be helpful to them. So get it out there and then uh, tag us and give us a review. It really helps us. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic business coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. Please remember to rate, leave a five-star review, and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Till next time. Keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.